It's a confusing industry and you want someone who can add insights to your brand, not someone that you need to educate. That's a waste of your time. Plus, there are so many things you don't know that you don't know about selling food in retail. Welcome to the Virginia Foodie Podcast, where we lift the lid on the craft food industry and tell the stories behind the good food, good people, and good brands that you know and love. If you've ever come across a yummy food brand and wondered, how did they do that? How did they turn that recipe into a successful business? Then we've got some stories for you. Hello there, foodie friends. Welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you're here. And thank you for choosing to spend some time with me. I'm George Deering, and I provide content marketing strategy and coaching for good food brands. And today is another Marketing Monday. It's another day for me to share insights and tips about marketing your craft packaged food brand. A few weeks ago, in episode 75, I talked about your photography budget and ensuring you get the biggest return on that investment for your brand. The key to maximizing that return is planning ahead to leverage as much evergreen content as you can. Your content is one of the five elements of a healthy marketing strategy. Those five elements are your sales goals, your annual marketing plan, your budget, and I mean both time and money, your management systems, and your content plan. Now, if you haven't heard the term before, evergreen content is anything you create that can live on beyond a single use. Essentially, content that is evergreen is something strategically planned to be used over and over. The opposite of evergreen content is trending content. Now, here's an example of the difference. Recipe development is evergreen. You can create a recipe and post it to your site, reference it on social media, print it on recipe cards, and share it in emails all year long. You can do that over and over again until that product is discontinued. Trending content is a TikTok video of kids binging on super spicy cheese doodles. It has its moment for grabbing attention, but it's not something that Cheetos would put in the website archives and come back to year after year. Even if the super spicy trend sticks around for a decade, those kids are going to look dated pretty quickly. Hairstyles, clothing, even slang terms or the soundtrack will quickly stamp that video as a blast from the past. You absolutely want to use trends when they are appropriate for your brand, but you shouldn't spend too much time or money on a fleeting message. In the core of my coaching programs and in my coaching group, Marketing Made Easy, is focused on making sure you get the most out of your marketing budget. Planning for evergreen content is the best way to ensure you maximize your return on your photo and video spend, your written content, and your website. We've already covered photography, so today I'll explore some typical ways you might pay for written content. I'll help you understand what they are and how you can make the most out of your investment. And I'm going to take a look at some pretty standard ways of getting copy done for you. I'm going to look at working with food bloggers, at paid writing, and working with marketing experts. Food bloggers are professional writers who publish articles on their own websites. They're creating mini magazines online that are collections of their own ideas about selecting food, preparing food, 
and sometimes entertaining with food. Now, we've used the word blog for so long that it's important to remember that the origin of the word comes from weblog. And a weblog is actually a technical term for searchable stream of articles that get sorted dynamically throughout a site by the use of tags. All of the content is put into one blog tool, but it may show up on a site in different places because of the category the article is associated with. And that term blogging quickly became synonymous with journaling, sharing a personal point of view. Food bloggers are doing exactly that. They share their personal views about finding and creating interesting dishes. Content marketing is about posting articles to your website that draw people to your brand. And most websites come with a blog feature. And I just want to be clear that on your site, your blog is really the technical function that allows you to sort content. Your brand's website is not a place for a journal that holds personal introspection. You're selling a physical product and your readers are coming to you for education about how that product fits into their life. So your blog is going to contain helpful information for the people who are using your product. Food bloggers, on the other hand, are being intentionally personal. Your site may have the blog feature, but that's just a tool to organize a totally different kind of communication. So when you're looking to work with food bloggers, look for bloggers who are a good fit for your brand. Their reputation stems from their brand control, so you want to have a relationship that is mutually beneficial. If you're a high-end brand, you don't want to work with a coupon queen who promotes eating on a tiny budget. You want to work with someone whose blog reflects your brand's values. So now to the nuts and bolts. What is it going to cost? Typically, food bloggers are going to be priced in the range of $1,500 to $5,000 a post. And here's what you get. You're going to get a unique article, a set of photos using your product, backlinks from their site if it's a post from their blog, and you'll get an opportunity to define the topic. But what you won't get is full creative control or unlimited revisions or unlimited storage of your photos or file manage or even the photos back unless it's part of your contract. You're not going to get specific recipes or cooking styles unless you specify that upfront in the contract. And you're not going to get extended use rights of the text in the images, anything it, you're paying essentially to be put on their site. So you're not going to get all that back unless it's in the contract. So you should have a scope of work in mind before approaching a food blogger. If you're introducing a new spice version of your product, You should specify the types of menus or the time of year or accompanying ingredients that you know work for the product. You may want to share some of your market research to help the blogger understand how to frame your products for the right audience. Another tip is absolutely upfront. Ask the blogger about your use rights before you sign any contracts. Ask for use rights for the recipe. Ask for use rights for the photographs. Ask if you can have access to or purchase any B-roll or additional photos that are not used on the blogger sites. Now, these may come with additional expenses, but if you're putting some time and energy into getting sort of one hit on someone else's site, you want to figure out 
what you can sort of add on to that project that you've got on your side, they become sort of evergreen for your brand. I want to insert a note here about influencer marketing too, because this is a real profession. The less you pay, the less professional are the results. And never ever consider playing an influencer with free products. It lessens the value of the work and it is insulting to professionals. I've worked with low-level influencers in the past at a client's request, and honestly, it cost more in time than it was worth. Because the work is free, they miss deadlines, some never followed through, and getting them to give contact information took forever. There are platforms to manage those services for you, but there are fees attacked and you don't always get much control over who accepts your offer. So you need to think about what type of influencer you really want to work with. And my recommendation is to work directly with an established food blogger. Now, the appropriate place to give out free products is as part of a PR campaign or another marketing effort where you're trying to get feedback from a publication or inclusion in a buyer's guide. So there are places for free food, But I wouldn't put that as a core part of my marketing strategy. So food bloggers are going to make a recipe with your product. But another route to go is to actually work with a recipe developer. And not all bloggers are going to let you post their content on your site either. Now, recipes, just to be clear, recipes themselves can't be copywritten, like a list of ingredients. But any of the words around that, that is owned by the writer. So if you want recipe content that can live on your site, you might consider hiring a recipe developer. Now, unlike bloggers, recipe developers are chefs or food scientists or home economists that you hire directly to create a recipe just for your brand. Now, these projects can be fee-based, meaning a flat rate charge, or they may charge you by the hour for the time spent testing recipes. So expect to also pay for the ingredients used in the creative process. What it costs. Recipe development can be $500 to $1,500 a post. There are some that trend higher, but I see people working at this lower end. And sometimes it's a food blogger who's just selling the development part and not any of the written content. So what you get, you get a new recipe using your product. You get instructions how to make it and you'll get unlimited use of the recipe. Here's what you won't get. You won't get unlimited revisions. You're not gonna get the supporting blog post unless it's specified in the contract and you'll expect to see fees for that. Again, you're not gonna get photos either unless it's specified in the contract. You're not gonna get social posts unless it's specified. So this is where this recipe development starts trending over into working with a food blogger or an influencer, except that this is a direct hire. You've asked them to do something for you that you then own on your side. So other things might be included, social posts, the email copy, but what you won't get, you won't get any influencer traffic back to your site because this content's not going to live outside of your domain. Food bloggers and recipe developers are both good choices for a food brand. It just depends on your marketing goals and the time and effort you can invest. A food blogger who posts on their site can help raise awareness of your brand to a new audience and provide validated backlinks to your site 
which helps improve with your organic SEO search results. On the other hand, a recipe developer can give you a piece of content that you can repurpose for years to come. Another thing to consider when you're trying to improve the copy for your brand is to hire a professional writer. And one way to get evergreen content is to form a relationship with a writer who will develop your brand story over multiple posts. When you find a writer that you're comfortable working with, they can help you set the tone for the user experience on your site, and they can help you present your best self. This is going to cost you 50 cents to a dollar a word, but really good writers are going to be fee-based in the $300 to $750 a post really depending on the length of the article. So what you'll get is unlimited use of the text, content that's formatted for blog posts. You'll get writers who have specific areas of expertise. There'll be niche writing for product descriptions or case studies or owner bios, LinkedIn profiles, along with other content. You'll get SEO keyword inclusion. Now, this means putting keywords into the content, and this really depends upon the contract and the skill level of the writer. They may recommend them, but you may need to recommend the keywords that you want used in your content. What you won't get, you won't get unlimited revisions. You won't get the blog posted to your site. You won't get photography. You might get recommendations for like copyright-free photography, but you won't get photography, new photography for your brand. You won't get email copy unless it's specified in the contract. Again, same thing for social posts. And of course, you're not going to get that influencer traffic or backlinks. What you're going to get is content that you can use on your site and you can tweak and repurpose however you want, whenever you want. I want to insert a note here about writing dashboards because there are lots of places to get affordable writing online. You can set up an account with companies like Writer Access, Upwork, and Copyblogger. And before I go on, I want to clarify what I consider good resources for content writing. At the start of the pandemic, places like Fiverr were better resources than they are now. Competition has really driven costs way down, and most of the content creators I see on those types of platforms, those gig platforms, are non-native U.S. English speakers, and many of them have to be using AI technology to hit the prices in that 5 to $10 per article range. So you want to be cautious about your dashboard selection, but Writer Access is one I've used in the past. I have Copy Blogger is a good one. You want to find one that is a good place where you can put your job descriptions out there and understand that you're going to get a decent response on what you put up. Writer Access has got account reps who can help you as well. So on these dashboards, it's going to cost you $0.05 cents to $0.15 cents a word, and it's going to cost you $50 to $150 a post. Again, really depending on the length of the article. But as you can see, the difference between working with a freelancer directly one-on-one -on -one and working through a dashboard is you're going to get some cost savings there. You'll get a clean professional writing on a dashboard. You'll get short turnaround times. You'll get cost-effective solutions and you'll get text that is optimized following your SEO direction. What you're not going to get is strategic writing or you're not going to get a lengthy relationship with someone who's going to take a deep dive into your brand. That's what you're going to get when you work directly with a freelancer one-on-one. -on -one. 
someone you know first and last name and can email directly is going to become more of a partner instead of a hired gun. You're not going to get unlimited revisions either. And you won't get email copy social posts unless it's specified in your project description or in the way the dashboard is set up. Like you can add all of these things on, I know for sure, in Writer Access. There's a few other platforms that are very similar. That's just my most recent experience as of this writing. I'd have to be scratching my brain for a year or so back to go into other platforms. So the difference, again, from a one-on-one and a dashboard is a professional writer is someone who's going to spend some time with you over multiple projects. Things will get better and improve over time. The dashboard is going to be very cost-effective, and it's going to take some direction from more direction from you. But the third option in getting custom writing for you is going to be hire a marketing expert. And hiring a marketing expert is going to be your biggest investment, but don't let the price scare you away. If you find a good, vetted, and reliable professional, the money you spend with an expert in food marketing can provide a return for you over the life of your brand. I recommend hiring someone with expertise in food marketing and not someone with a varied portfolio. I know that I'm speaking to you as a marketing expert who specializes in food marketing, but I've been the person who cleans up behind other marketers who miss key elements that are necessary to the industry. There are things that are specific to the food industry that your marketing partner should know. It's a confusing industry and you want someone who can add insights to your brand, not someone that you need to educate. That's a waste of your time. Plus, there are so many things you don't know that you don't know about selling food in retail. And a marketing expert is a person to work with when developing your brand messaging and your core communication strategy. Branding projects can cost tens of thousands of dollars, and it's critical work. Once that work is completed, you may also work with your original team for content. But a more likely scenario is to hire a writer with expertise in creating marketing content. So working with a marketing expert, what does it cost? You can expect prices in the $150 to $250 an hour range. Now, project minimums are also going to be at the low end. I've seen some at $500, but really, you're going to see project minimums of like $5,000 or higher. And expect to pay a premium if the process goes beyond the original scope of work. Really good creatives in the marketing field are not going to be billing by the hour. They're going to be project billing because if they work faster and smarter, think about this, if you're paying by the hour, if they work faster and smarter, they're going to actually realize a lower return on their income. So expect to pay for a fee for a whole project But if you go out of the original scope on that project description, because there's going to be a contract in place, if you, for some reason, change direction or get mired in too much feedback, you will pay a premium price for those extra rounds of proofs. So you want to understand how their projects are being priced and you want to have a partner that you really can trust, someone who gets you. So spend some time getting to know them before you start a project. Here's what you will get, though. You're going to get much higher level writing. 
you're going to get SEO and keyword suggestions and strategy. Really, you're going to get the strategy when they do that brand review. And then they're going to tell you what SEO tools you should be using in your content. You're going to get branded messaging. You're getting an understanding of your market and your audience. And they're going to help you or give you a way to express the point of view for your brand. So maybe you're a fun and funky breakfast experience. They're going to help you choose the language that best expresses your brand to your target audience. You'll also get unlimited use of the text. You bought it, you own it. And you'll get content formatted for the publication. What you won't get are unlimited revisions. You won't get a blog posted to your site unless you have an execution part of your contract or photography. Again, if you're just hiring them to write articles for you after you've done that brand development, you're not going to get email copy or social posts. It really depends on what kind of do-it-for-you service that you have added on after you've done your initial work with that marketing expert. And you're not going to get the influencer traffic unless it's part of a paid-for influencer campaign, which is another whole animal, right? So I just named a whole bunch of ways to get words to express your brand. So where should you invest and why should you invest in a particular type of content writer? Well, food bloggers are best if you're looking for influencer marketing that's going to drive traffic to you or recipe development that's using your product. They're also a great place to start in the do it for you category if you don't have a fully fledged marketing strategy in place and you have the funds to invest. You can hire a food blogger to get something done for you soup to nuts. You just need to know that the evergreen life of that content is not going to be super long unless you have use rates for it, unless you are able to get it pulled over into your channels that you communicate through. Recipe developers are the place to go if you want unique recipes for your brand and you want those unlimited use rates right from the get-go. A professional freelance writer is someone that you could hire when you want content that follows your strategy or when you're going to go into a product launch or if you're going to add regular library additions to your content machine. So you might hire a freelancer a few times a year to sort of add some evergreen content to your site and to your marketing program. Writing dashboards is the place to go when you want content that follows an established system. So they can also be a place to go to get support content for existing campaigns. So maybe you hire someone to write that big article, and then maybe you go to the dashboard to get your email copy, your social posts, and catalog copy. Basically iterations of something that someone else has generated for you. Professional marketers are the place to go when you need a soup to nuts customize strategic content. And really, the best way to invest in writing is to use a combination of all of these resources. If you're just starting out with content marketing, like I said, maybe a food blogger is a place you can start. It's a done-for-you service and it'll give you content that'll drive content to your site. But as soon as you are able, hire a marketing expert to create a solid content strategy for your brand that is in alignment with your sales goals. Then continue to use the experts for some of your content marketing, 
but supplement it with lower cost resources. For example, when you launch a new product, hire the marketing team to frame your go-to-market strategy. Have them write the key messaging points and possibly a handful of articles, but use writer access or another dashboard service to create the companion email campaigns, the social media posts, and your press releases. And if you work with a recipe developer, you can hand the recipes off to other writers to create blog posts, social media campaigns, and email marketing. You really need to come up with a solution that's a good fit for your brand, your budget, and your style of working. And as always, I recommend spreading the spin. This is my very last thought about writing, but you should always plan to spread the spin. When you're considering hiring a writer, take a moment and plan how you will use the content on all the communication channels you control. Where will it live on your website, your sell sheets, catalogs, and point of sale, your packaging, your email marketing, and of course, your social media streams. You'll need to tweak the content a bit to adjust it to where your reader is receiving it. You shouldn't just cut and paste without a good edit, but social streams can be light and fun, but sell sheets and sales emails should convey that your brand is a reliable partner. So there's some tweaking to do. You're already communicating on those five channels. So instead of creating something new five times over, add a minimal percentage to your budget and cover all the avenues with each project you pick up. Now, if you need help with your content strategy, that's exactly what I'm here for. And I'm happy to jump on a half hour call to answer any questions you might have. Cause I see you out there doing all the work. Let me help you make it easier and get you a bigger return on your investment. And that's a wrap my friends on another Marketing Monday. And thank you so much for spending some time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that like or share button. It's the easiest thing you can do to support a small business. And please also subscribe to the podcast wherever you stream and you won't miss another bite of good food marketing. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to grow your own food brand, then click on Grow My Brand at vafoodie.com. If you're a lover of local food, then be sure to follow us. We're at VA Foodie on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join the conversation and tell us about your adventures with good food, good people, and good brands.